We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Love Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Hustle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with us will be TJ Inman. And today we're breaking down Indiana's 33-28 loss at home to Penn State. What we liked, what we didn't like, what worked, what didn't, and what needs to improve going forward. We'll talk about the injury to Michael Penix. And we'll talk about a whole lot more. Uh, and preview the game heading into Minnesota. But uh, first, I, I do want to pass along a, a big a congratulations to Purdue and, and the Tyler Trent story. If you don't know the Tyler Trent uh, story, is a young man battling cancer, and he uh, he predicted that Purdue win on Saturday night, and he was on the sideline uh, all bundled up. So even though we don't like Purdue, uh, we don't like Ohio State either, uh, it, it was uh, a very cool scene up in West Lafayette to give this uh, this young man uh, uh, just a little bit of joy in an otherwise uh, uh, tough life. But now we welcome in TJ. Uh, TJ, happy Monday. It's uh, finally starting to feel like fall, uh, maybe a little too much winter right now. Uh, but how are you doing on this Monday? Yeah, I'd uh, second your uh, your feelings. It was a, a cool um, cool scene there and a, a good job by Purdue. Um, you know, that that was no fluke. Uh, they they beat Ohio State, uh, you know, every which way but loose and thoroughly deserved that victory. So uh, congrats to them and uh, certainly no, um, you know, no sorrow on our part for Ohio State. Uh, it, it, you know, I released, uh, we put out the bowl projections time and um you know i had certainly penciled in ohio state uh in kind of my mocks as i led up to uh the first article as a college football playoff team um obviously that uh, that game that performance and that result uh you know forced me to, to change that and I've, I've got the michigan wolverines in there uh now as the college football playoff representative from the big ten uh, certainly still plenty of season to go, but that was definitely a, a huge result in the conference. Yeah, it definitely was. It shook up the whole uh, Big Ten race. It really makes it, it you know, kind of more fun uh, to see, you know, the big dogs go down, and, and now you have uh, Michigan, you know, looking like the favorites in the conference uh, in the East, and then – you know, it's anybody, you know, the battle between them coming down to that last game of the season, uh, probably. And then, yeah. you know, in the West, you have Iowa's having a, a, a special season uh, it's shaping up to be. And they might, 
come out of the West and, and you have uh, either an Ohio State or, or a Michigan, Iowa, um, you know, Big Ten championship game. And, and the West is, is wide open as well. You have Northwestern uh, has only one loss in the conference. Uh, Purdue has, um, you know, is playing well in the conference, has one loss uh, to Northwestern to open the year. You have Wisconsin, who it's still Wisconsin, but, uh, you know, they, they've they struggled to beat Michigan and, and look to be human uh, as well. So it, it, there's going to be two good races in both divisions, which if you're a Big Ten college uh, Ten football fan, uh, it's all you could ask for. But let's get down to IU or an IU-specific site. But we we always love talking Big Ten and, and the national scene. But IU, you know, coming off a really, really disappointing, discouraging loss to Iowa the week before, uh, came out with some fight against Penn State, hung in there, uh, had a lead for all of 20 seconds uh, there late in the game uh, in, in the third quarter and, or – and you know, just just couldn't make the plays on special teams uh, to get there. They lose thirty three twenty eight. What did you like about the game on on Saturday, and what really needs to improve going forward if IU is going to make a a bull run? Yeah, I, you know, I thought that the defense. Uh, well, let's start at the very beginning here. Uh, you know, one of our primary questions coming into the game was how would Indiana respond? They had a players-led meeting after that Iowa game. How would they respond? How would they look? Overall, I think you can say they responded positively. Uh, that was a much better uh, performance and effort than what we saw against the Hawkeyes. That's a plus. Uh, I thought the defense played well enough to win. Uh, you know, I know that the points amount given up was more than what you'd prefer, but uh, I and they handed don't them put a lot of that on them. No, I, they I handed them twenty. The, they yeah. handed handed Penn State twenty one points. I believe three of their yep. touchdown drives were under forty yards. Uh, you had the opening kickoff was returned to the IU thirty six. Uh, they scored a touchdown on that. You had the the kickoff uh, returned uh, to the five four five or six yard line uh, for ninety four yeah. yards. They punched it in the next play, and uh, and the fumble by Ronnie Walker set him up with great field position as well. So you'd really like to see this defense hold them to field goals there and give the offense a shot to come back uh, instead of uh, allowing touchdowns. But it is a young defense, and the, those points, they're, they're earned because Penn State earned them. Uh, it, they just got set up, and this is what – why IU's special teams rank is just abysmal, uh, probably. I haven't seen the new S&P Plus rankings uh, on, on the special teams yet, but, you know, you, you see these explosive plays on, on kick return, and, and then you see IU's kick return, um, and it's just, man, it, it's not – it's not, there's nothing there. They fair catch the ball, which is probably the best outcome. Uh, the last two times Mike Majette has returned a kick, he's – gotten it out maybe to the 20. Uh, they haven't had a return past the 40 in years, uh, probably since at least last year, if not before that. They haven't had a return touchdown return since, I believe, 2012. It's 
just an area where you've assigned a coach now as a special teams coordinator. It's his sole job, and they cannot just be this bad. I, and some of that falls yeah. on the, your kicker too. Uh, it was it was a windy day, and it got windier, and it was windy down on the field. I was down on the field the entire game, and it got downright downright cold uh, there in the fourth quarter. But Penn State's kicker had no problem putting that ball at or near the end zone. Uh, and Jared Smoller, you know, couldn't. It looked like they were fielding at the ten yard line. Uh, or the five-yard line and coming out and, and low-line drive kicks too, uh, which you can't have uh, against a team with the athletes that Penn State has. So, you know, maybe Jared Smoller needs to uh, evaluate where his leg is at, and then the coaching staff has to evaluate, hey, maybe he's not getting the job done. Maybe we have to go to uh, Charles Campbell for the last four games of the year uh, on kickoffs or, or use Logan Justice on kickoffs and, and Charles Campbell on field goals and things like that to, to save guys' legs because you you cannot and, and it, it happened at critical times the opening kickoff where you think oh right everybody's fired up bam fifty uh, some odd yards down to the thirty six you take the lead and have all the momentum yeah. all you need to do is tackle the guy and give your defense a chance uh, to shut him down get the ball back and extend the lead and, and uh, you, you know, one gets broken for, for 94 yards. It's just at critical times. And I get fans frustrations because you can't even enjoy it. It, it. You know, you can't get up and cheer it. You can't get up and cheer the defense and things like that before in the blink of an eye, it, it's gone. And, and I, I understand yeah. the fan, fans frustration on that. And, you know, the, the rest is history, but that special teams, it, they also ran into the kicker, uh, although it worked out beautifully for IU. Uh, the the five-yard penalty, Penn State then faked the next punt, and it got stuffed on a, on a great tackle by Peyton Hendershot. Um, and so, you know, it, that they kind of lucked into that. Uh, but, you know, that, that, that penalty, you had uh, a fumble by Jay Sean Harris on a punt return where you know, it's a windy day just – Fair, you know, fair cat, it bounced and they just go down. I know you're trying to make a play and, and things like that. Just go down. And then you had bad turnover luck uh, with Penn State muffing, I think, three three or four punts and falling on top of it. And then, you know, you did, run, uh, you know, get a, get a great recovery on the onside kick there late in the game. But special teams – it can't be awful. You could be a middle of the road special teams. You got to do something. You don't have to be a top five special teams team uh, to win. But a team like Indiana, who's middle of the road on offense, middle of the road on defense in terms of total offense and total defense, they they really need to be at least middle of the road on special teams. And right now, they're they're bad. Yeah, I. I... I just the only thing I'd add to that. I I don't know why Mike Majet is the guy they have returning kicks, but um, that I I just don't understand that. I don't think he's uh, particularly explosive. I don't think he's uh, a threat to make any kind of a play back there. Uh, but you know, I guess he hasn't fumbled one, so there's a positive, I suppose. I I don't know. I don't understand that, but. Uh, you know, I thought the defense played played well, and uh, that's a positive. 
offensively, um, you know, really interesting. Um, not a bad day for the offense. Uh, and they put up they 500. A pretty good defense. 500 some yards. Yeah, and and you know what's what's odd about it for me is that I I'm left feeling like I do uh, certainly left some points on the field because because uh, they did. I mean they um, you know we we could discuss uh, the end of the half that was um, botched we'll say uh, uh, the you know going for it on fourth down. I didn't have a problem with that. Actually, I, I, I prefer that call. I understand the, the thought behind kicking it. Um, I don't mind Indiana going for it there. Uh, I thought that the play call was ridiculous. Well, um, it was I, – I, Tom Allen said after the game that it was not supposed to be snapped, uh, and I believe Hunter Littlejohn was the – was the center on that. It, it wasn't supposed to be snapped. They were either going to call timeout, draw them off sides, and, and then either come out with a new play or, or, or kick it. And you got to think they're going to yeah, kick it. you well, got to go into that half. Now, it, it worked out in the grand scheme of things. You got the ball back uh, with about a minute and, and 50 seconds left at, at their 40. So, it, there was, like, no harm and no foul. That up too. And then they, they messed that up. You know, I, I don't put that on Penix on, on hiking the ball. He was shocked that he actually got the ball uh, and just threw it up to, to one of his playmakers, which is you know, probably what you're taught to do. But And, and a better ball, if, if he throws a catchable ball there, I, I semi-catchable yeah, ball or hits, yeah, or somebody in the hands with it instead of airmailing it, they probably, I don't want to say probably because it's Big Ten officials, but they might, no. might be more likely uh, to get a flag if you throw it to where maybe oh. it goes off the the uh, receiver's hands or helmet or something like that. But that's asking a lot out of out of the zebras on that play, um, who yeah. who were you know missed a lot of calls uh, on the uh, line of scrimmage there. But that play, and then you know the situation, they get the ball back, that about a minute fifty left. You bring Peyton Ramsey back in. He said coming off the field that they brought him in for game management uh, purposes, and they totally bungled that. Whoops. And and <clears throat> one of the reasons that you know Peyton Ramsey, he's he's a fighter, and and you gotta like that about him. But you, you saw it at the end of the game too. He can't throw these fifteen yard outs, which are essential in these two minute drill situations. You got to get yards and you got to get out of bounds. So if they want to move the ball downfield, they throw it to the middle of the field and just hope you get a first down and it stops the clock momentarily. But you got to get out of bounds. Uh, nobody did. They tried to rush the field goal team on, and you need about ten seconds to do it if if, you're, if the clock's not stopped to set up from from I think it was forty or so yards. The kick would have been. Um, you you need about. Yeah, somewhere between seven and ten seconds, and they just couldn't get it done. They had two chances uh, to tie that game, maybe even take the lead. And those are the plays that infuriate this fan base, and and you know, make it scratch your head and, and and say, you know, maybe Tom Allen's in over his head a little bit uh, with these situations, and, and maybe it's it's a second year 
as a head coach in the power five uh, team. And, you know, there's going to be a learning curve. That's, that's what's going to happen. And Tom Allen or uh, Kevin Wilson wasn't great in these situations either. Uh, He was not the greatest game manager in the world. Uh, at least according to all the people on Twitter from a couple of years ago, complaining about the same stuff. Uh, but, you know, the, you needed to get at least three points there. You go into the uh, halftime, uh, you know, tied, getting the ball back and, and things like that. But what I don't get is why are you putting Ramsey back in uh, when, when Penix was playing so well? And, and now that it's revealed that he's had an ACL tear and he's out for the rest of the season, that, you know, that argument's out the window. You need to find another talking point. But, um, you know, he couldn't have done worse. No. No, he couldn't have. I mean, you you, you bring in uh, Peyton Ramsey for supposed game experience that he had uh, in, a, in the two-minute offense, um, and that's fine. But he made a poor decision to throw the pass where he did, uh, and then – you know, then the receiver doesn't get out of bounds, and um, then you attempt to – at that point, it didn't matter if you ran on the field goal unit or, or not. They they weren't going to get another playoff. That was pretty clear to me. Uh, so, I, you know, that was poor. Um, I, I think the offensive line um, had a fantastic day. Uh, they deserve a lot of credit because – um, they've been rightfully criticized for some of their performances. Uh, they've, they've had kind of an odd season. Uh, they've been really good in a couple of games, um, and, and they've been pretty poor in a couple of games as well. Uh, but against Penn State, who has a, a pretty good front, um, I, their linebackers are, are young, and I don't think they're all that skilled uh, outside of Micah Parsons, who's playing – uh, you know, outside of his preferred position of defensive end, um, and he's he's talented, but you know he's a he's a freshman. Um, but Indiana's offensive line really controlled that game uh, when Indiana had the ball. I, I thought that they, pass blocking wise, they were good. Run blocking, they were outstanding. Uh, particularly the left side of the line, Indiana uh, was able to consistently run. Uh, behind left tackle, left guard, and center, uh, and, and pick up large chunks of yardage. Uh, Ronnie Walker had a, a couple of nice runs. He had a bad fumble, but he had a couple of nice runs. Uh, Stevie Scott was uh, really a beast uh, all afternoon and continues to be an impressive player. Um, so the line had a really good day. Uh you know, it's too bad we don't get to see any more Penix. Uh, that was a, a shot in the arm that um, I think was, you know, tangibly felt. Um, it, it just popped off the screen that, oh, it's it's a little different with this guy in there. And I'm already looking forward to seeing uh, to seeing that next season because it, it, there's just a different level of excitement there. Um, yeah, there was a palpable buzz said, in the stadium when he came out. Yeah. Yeah. It, that being said, you know, um, he was not perfect by any means, and I'm not expecting that, you know, in the limited game action he's had. I mean, uh, you know. No, he hasn't, play, he hasn't played season. in over a month. 
Right. When you say, well, when you get to this point in the season, you're freshman or no longer freshman. Well, they are if they've barely played. And that's that's the case with him. Um, now, you know, we can have an argument at the end of the season, and I'm sure we will, maybe not an argument, probably a discussion, because I feel like we're on the same point or the same wavelength here uh, about the way that um, it was handled earlier in the season, putting you in this position now. That being said, uh, it ends up working out as a, a positive long term uh, because you know he's still going to keep that red shirt, uh, and that's good for the long term future. But I don't think any of us particularly care too much about that right now. Uh, it's a it's a major bummer that he's not going to be there. But you know, looking to Iowa or looking to Friday's game against Minnesota, uh, that's a team you can run on, and Indiana's offensive line is going to have to. Uh, they're going to have to do what they did against Penn State. And, it, it, you know, they were dominant, and uh, they deserve credit for that. Uh, I thought um, to single out a defensive player, I thought Brian Fitzgerald uh, had himself a very nice game. Um, I thought Marcelino Ball played much better than he did against Iowa. Uh, those two were all over the field making plays. That was good to see. Um, and Indiana's secondary, really, I know the wind played a part in this, but uh, Trace McSorley was, was not particularly effective through the air. He hurt IU with his legs, but, um, you know, Indiana did as well as you could expect offense, uh, and then the running game was, was very good as well. It was just the uh, special teams, uh, really poor play, um, and then, a you know, a, a fumble here and there that, the ball just consistently bounced right to Penn State. That's, uh, that's I don't know what to say about that. That I I don't believe in curses, but my gosh, uh, that's just the way it goes. It, it really you you keep saying, oh, it's you know it's fifty fifty, and eventually that'll flip. Well, I I don't know when because I'm still waiting. Yeah, and you know, credit does go to the offensive line, and, and yeah, they were hold, it called for. Six holding penalties and they let up exacts. A couple of those uh, straight up crap. I, I'm sorry, yeah. they were crap. They got they got trucked on a couple of occasions, particularly in the interior. Uh, Wes Martin, you know, he got run over by the guy he's trying to block. Falls over. Of course, the guy falls over on top of him. That doesn't make it holding. It 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 just does not. Uh, Indiana had multiple first downs taken away because of that. Uh, they just missed those calls. They just did. Now, a couple, Indiana definitely held, no doubt. But, uh, I mean, a few of those were on the replay very clearly. Penn State defender did not get held. They just didn't. Uh, and they were they were missed calls. I'm sure you won't hear a word from that from the Big Ten, but uh, that's reality. Yeah, and you, you mentioned that they wiped out first downs. A lot of them were big first downs. There was, uh, you know, a couple plays in their territory where you're you're getting the offense going, and the offense ran a hundred plays. And that doesn't include the penalty plays, I don't think. And then if you no. get first downs, this team could have run 115 plays, uh, probably. And that's the difference in the game. Uh, there's those 15 plays on that ball and and uh, and Penn State wouldn't. So it was a good effort against Penn State 
disappointing result, uh, and but it kind of gives you a tease that if they play like this, uh, they should be able to beat competition that they need to beat to go to a bowl game. So moving on to Minnesota, if IU fans don't know, the game is on Friday night, uh, not Saturday, although it could bleed into Saturday. Uh, since it's an 8 p.m. Yeah. Friday night start on FS1 up at Minnesota. This is a game that IU hasn't played Minnesota since 2013. And that was a debacle of a game, a homecoming debacle, another one, um, that year um, with a terrible play call as IU was just running it down Minnesota's road to throw a backwards pass that went for a fumble. Uh, and that drive and probably killed it. Well, it, it did kill Iowa hopes that year. So, uh, and before that, the last time they played was 2008 uh, up in the old Metrodome, uh, which was just, it, it wasn't even a cool place to go to as a fan, uh, other than that your ears popped when you walked in. Uh, but uh, up at Minnesota, outdoors, it looks like IU's going to luck out on the weather. It's supposed to be in the 50s, not blizzarding or anything like that, which could happen up in Minnesota in the last week of October. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is a, a very evenly matched game. Uh, Minnesota comes in, uh, it ranked 11th in total offense. Indiana's ranked 7th uh, there on total defense. Uh, it, uh, Minnesota comes in at 10th. Indiana's at 7th. Scoring defense, Minnesota's at 10. I use it at 11. They're actually tied, or uh, Minnesota's actually .2 points uh, ahead of Indiana in that category. In scoring offense, Indiana is uh, uh, half a point better uh, at 9th in the Big Ten. Minnesota sitting at 10th. So it is a very very evenly matched game to where if Indiana comes out with the intensity that they did against Penn State, fixes the special teams errors and and plays offense and, and defense like they did last week, uh, they should be they should they I'll be blunt they should come out of Minnesota and Minneapolis with a win. Uh, if they play like they did against Iowa, they're going to get their butts handed to them. And your your season is is likely in the tank uh, at four and five coming home to play uh, Maryland after the open week. But Minnesota has their questions as well. Uh, they <coughs> excuse me. Uh, they have. Uh, I mean, they have lost four in a row after winning the first three. Uh, they narrowly yep. beat Fresno State at home. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. made a heck of a play uh, to seal that game uh, with the pick in the end zone as Fresno State was going in for the tie. Uh, they beat New Mexico State 48-10 and Miami of Ohio 26-3. Other than that, they got trounced at Maryland. They got trounced by Iowa. They put up a good fight at, at Ohio State 30-14. And then... Uh, got beat up by Nebraska 53-28 for Nebraska's first win of the year. So it's a team that's on a four-game losing streak. India comes in on a three-game losing streak. So somebody's losing streak is going to end 
uh, end on Friday night, and Minnesota has their questions. Their quarterback, Zach Anikstead, was uh, reportedly hospitalized after the game on Saturday. His availability is unknown. Tanner Morgan, the backup, came in, played pretty well, kind of gives – kind of gives Minnesota a different look, uh, but they're missing the top two running backs uh, who are now probably out for the year. Uh, They're missing Antoine Winfield Jr. Their secondary is absolutely decimated uh, there. So it's going to be, it's going to be a dogfight. And if Indiana comes out and plays well, they they should win. And that'll, you know, going into the open week five and four, makes you feel a little bit better about yourself. Yeah, I mean, look, if you if you're offered the chance to be 5 and 4 heading into a, you know, basically entire two-week layoff uh to prepare for Maryland to give you a chance to, you know, a home game to go to a bowl, uh, if offered that, I take it. Um do I think Indiana could have and should have beaten one of Michigan State or Penn State? Yes, I do. Uh, am I very disappointed in how they're playing against Iowa? Yes, I am. But you know what? Iowa is really good. Uh, and, and they just, again, they deserve credit for how they handled Indiana. But IU played like crap that game. Uh, all those things said, you know, if offered the scenario of five and four heading into the Maryland game, which is a home game to go to a bowl game, uh, I take it. I, I do. And um, that's that's what Indiana has in front of them. Uh, IU should be able to run the ball very well. Um, the, the question is going to be, can the offensive line repeat the performance that they had? Uh, I don't know. You know, we're, we're going to find out. Uh, this this team has not, uh, over the years, been a uh, been a team that you feel like you can trust to put out consistently solid performances on the road in the Big Ten. Um, and that's, you know, that gives you pause. But I, I feel like the offensive line is a proud group that uh, kind of found their footing, uh, getting Coy Cronk back and healthy. Um, and they, they look really good on Saturday. And Stevie Scott, uh, I believe we have seen enough from him to, to know what we're getting there. Uh, and that's a player that, doesn't look like he'd be any fun to go against. Um, and you know, like I said, Minnesota's a defense that can be had there. Uh, Peyton Ramsey's going to have the uh, potential. You know, the plays are going to be there. He's going to have to make them. And um, I, I I hope he's up to the task because, like you said, Michael Penix, uh, not available. You know, so uh, it's going to be on Peyton's shoulders, and um, hopefully he can get that done. Uh, on defense, um, we'll see. You know, Minnesota's passing game, uh, not scary. They they have a couple of – they have one good wide out, a couple of others that are you know, potentially dangerous, but not the same level uh, of explosive player that Ian has gone up against here uh, with some big 10 East opponents. Um, and then uh, – you know, their running game, like you said, Brooks and Smith, uh, both gone for the year uh, at this point. They've they've gotten a couple of uh, good performances from their backs, but uh, they're going to try to rely on that running game. Um, Indiana has at times done pretty well against running backs. 
uh, and at times they looked really shaky. Uh, I thought Miles Sanders could have had a really nice day, but Penn State didn't really feed him much, which I thought was kind of surprising. Um, but I, I felt like they could have given him a, a few more chances uh, than what they did. But, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. I, I do think uh, Indiana needs to stop screwing up on special teams. Uh, that that just has to stop. They are back-breaking plays. Put your defense in a terrible position um, or just, you know, basically hand points to the opponent. Um, and IU, they just can't do that. They're not a good enough team to be that weak in one facet of the game uh, and expect to get away with it. So uh, I, I do think it's an even even matchup uh, for the most part, but I I think that Indiana's running backs, particularly uh, Scott and Walker, are better than what Minnesota has. I think IU overall has a better group of receivers. I think Indiana has the better uh, – better offensive line in this matchup and I think Peyton Ramsey is overall a better player than what Minnesota will put forward at quarterback um, not by a ton but I would take Ramsey over what Minnesota has uh, I, I'm going to take the Hoosiers to win this game uh, I do think that they'll be able to score points on this Minnesota defense which is pretty beat up uh, and if you look at their recent results um they did do pretty well against Ohio State, but they gave up a ton of yards. In, in terms of points, they did well, but, I mean, that's a whole lot of yards given up. And then Nebraska did whatever the heck they wanted to uh, on Saturday, and Iowa did the same to them uh, before that. So it's a defense that I think is there for the taking. Uh, I'm going to go Hoosiers winning it on the road in Minnesota, 34-20. to 20. I like Indiana to come out. Uh, and and build a lead, and I I think Indiana's going to win this game uh, and get themselves to five and four. Uh, but to be honest, if I could tell you uh, that I felt extremely confident about that, I would be lying. Uh, I I really don't have any strong confidence uh, in any outcome here. I just I think it's going to be really interesting because both teams desperately need this one. Uh, yeah, and you. You talked about uh, Peyton Ramsey and Reese Taylor now slides into that backup, the backup quarterback role. And it, it was hinted today that they have a package for him. If people have Reese Taylor, he is a dynamic uh, player. He's played defense, special teams for IU. Uh, this year he has 283 yards, uh, 23 catches. He needs to get the ball in his hand more. Uh, they, they've looked to add him to to throw on on wide receiver sweeps, uh, double passes, things like that. Uh, but him taking snaps, it it, it really uh, could expand the offense, make that defense think about something else. And you saw the Penn State defense when Penix is in, uh, compared to Ramsey, it, it was basically a different game plan uh, with him in compared to Ramsey. And you'd have to think that you know. Minnesota knows that, hey, Reese Taylor's playing. They, they've, uh, you know, seen his high school tape as, as Mr. Indiana football and, and all those things. So they know what he could do on the field. And, he, and he's shown that he could be a pretty good player at the Big Ten level, too, as a, as a freshman. So, you know, how he impacts the game is, is going to be uh, really important. Can he give 
IU's offense the same spark that Michael Penix did last Saturday before leaving with an injury. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Minnesota quarterback, Zach Anikstead, who's the starter, who's been the starter all year, uh, has completed 52% uh, of his passes, nine touchdowns, thrown seven picks. Tanner Morgan, the primary backup, uh, has been – you know, he hasn't been as he completes more passes is more of like a Peyton Ramsey type of guy. Uh, he can run a little bit, but he hasn't thrown a touchdown. He's thrown two picks. Minnesota also likes to go with the wildcat. Uh, they have a big wide receiver, Seth green. He's number 17. Uh, he's only thrown three passes, but in, in the running game, uh, he's scored six times. Uh, and that's huge. He's run the ball 38 times. They usually bring him in in goal line situations. If Annex yeah. is not playing, they might play him more. Uh, he scored six times. He's their go-to guy in the red zone. He leads all their rushers um, with the, those six touchdowns. Uh, you know, and if IU could stop the, their freshman uh, running backs and Muhammad Ibrahim and Bryce Williams, uh, who have combined for – almost 800 yards and four touchdowns, uh, their offense becomes one-dimensional. They do have a couple good receivers uh, on this team in Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman. Uh, Bateman's a big, big guy. Uh, he's a guy they like to throw it up to. Uh, Tyler Johnson as well is a, is a big receiving target at 6'2", 200 pounds. Uh, he's by far their most targeted receiver. Uh, 705 yards. He's one of the better receivers in the Big Ten as well. So Minnesota does have some weapons. Uh, and then on defense as well, uh, they've got some playmakers uh, on defense. And Cashman, he's all over the field. When you watch Minnesota, he's a name everybody talks about. Ten and a half talk, tackles for loss. He's a senior linebacker. You know he wants to get that home win uh, yeah, but before he graduates. Uh, give these fans something to uh, to cheer about, uh, and then uh, you have a you have a couple other guys. Thomas Barber, a linebacker, he's a good player. Kamal Martin, who got banged up last week at linebacker. So this defense's strength is at linebacker. Defensive back is young. They got burned by Nebraska. They're going to want to come out and and play their best game as well. So it, it could come down to, to special teams, and IU's got to do something, as you said, uh, TJ. But we'll see. Emmett Carpenter is one of the better kickers in the Big Ten. Um, he's kind of fallen off since had a great, uh, a great sophomore year in uh, in yeah, 2016. But you know they're they're always been pretty good on special teams. Uh, their punter is averaging 40, 42 yards a kick, and you know we'll see what what IU could do. Uh, but this is a, a very winnable game uh, for IU in terms of this is what you you want an evenly matched game uh, where you have a shot. If you play your if IU plays their A game, they're gonna win, uh, and that's up to the coach on a short week. Uh, to get going and, and do it's an odd start date. Tom Allen is not a fan of these Friday night games. He believes it's a it's a high school football night, and I know a lot of people uh, agree with him 
in terms of IU fans, and, and I get it. I, although I grew up with yep. high school football on Saturdays, I, I understand it. I don't mind it being on. I think it's a great opportunity uh, for IU to be on national television uh, on Friday night before Halloween weekend uh, to, to get that the, the festivities kicked off. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to take IU. I think they, they responded well to Coach Allen. Uh, their effort was was very very good uh, coming out of there on on Saturday. I'm going to go 28-24 uh, IU. Uh, it's I just I, I don't think IU can score 30 points uh, with Peyton Randy. But IU's offensive line, and then if they do get out to a big lead, uh, they sit on it uh, like they do uh, like they did at Rutgers. So. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I'm going to take IU on a close victory uh, in uh, in Minnesota, and you know, I, see, it's a game. It's a this is a must, absolute must win game uh, for if they want to go to a bowl game and and keep that goal alive. And I know people poo on on the six wins. If they could get the six wins, keep this freaking class intact, go to a bowl game, even if it's in Detroit. Um, man, you've, you've got a little bit of momentum going into next, next year, especially if Pennix yeah. is, is able to, to be, uh, semi participating in, in spring practice, uh, because yeah. then, then, you know, you have a very good class coming in. Uh, you've been to three bowls in four years. So this, this game is, this game is huge for IU and, and uh, hopefully the fan base and the players and the coaches and everybody realizes that is, you know, as as big as these games are against these these big teams in the Big Ten East, the matchup games that determine whether or not you go to a bowl. And this is the game that that IU just has to have uh, if you want to play in the postseason. Yep, 100% agree with that. It's um, it's a big one, no doubt. Yep. All right. That does it for tonight's podcast. A reminder, the game does kick off Friday night at 8 o'clock Eastern on Fox Sports 1. Uh, If you have DirecTV, that is channel 219. Uh, I'd like to thank TJ uh, for joining me every week. Come back to HoosierHuddle.com for all your Indian football news. Check us out on Twitter as well at Hoosier underscore Huddle. One final game for October. Then we have the open week uh, before Maryland comes to town on November 10th. Uh, it is almost November, which is kind of scary at, at how the year flies. But thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your Monday night and stay warm. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, 
and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.